welcome to the Unteachables podcast. I'm your host, Claire, and I am absolutely no stranger to the challenges and let's face it, sometimes carnage of being a teacher. And if you found yourself here listening with me, I'd say that you might know a bit about that as well, because being a teacher is friggin' hard. And this podcast is dedicated to making you feel a hell of a lot less alone whilst giving you the knowledge, support and strategies that you need to not just survive the chaos of being a teacher, but truly thrive. Think about it as getting a weekly dose of relatable, actionable, and most importantly, enjoyable professional learning straight into your ears. So hit the subscribe button, download me for your commute, and let's get into it. Hello, welcome to the week of the Unteachables podcast. If you are listening to this podcast, then it says a lot about you as a teacher. Let's be honest. If you're willing to put 20 minutes aside a week to listen to a podcast, it says a lot about you as a teacher. So, and I just appreciate so much you being here and spending this time with me, listening to me ramble on about things. If you are listening on the day this airs, then how exciting because I'm getting married today. Obviously, I'm not recording this podcast the day that it airs. <laughs> I'm recording this a couple of weeks before. But I'm, the reason I'm bringing this up as well is because it is very relevant to the topic I'm going to be discussing today because the last year has been, I mean, not even the last year, the last six months. So I got engaged like two years ago. The kind of person I am, right, I'm not a very wedding-y person. I'm not that kind of like, you know, I don't get really involved in that stuff or excited about that stuff. If you do, that's fantastic. It's just not me. Um, And the last six months, like, so if I rewind back to, you know, December last year, I was looking into 2023 thinking, how the hell am I going to do 2023? I'm having a baby in January and it ended up being like going into labor on the 2nd of January. So the very start of the year, I went into labor. So I was looking into the year, I'm having a baby. I'm going to have to navigate being a new mom. I've got a book deal with Sage Publications, which is the most exciting and unbelievable thing that's happened in my life. This opportunity that's fallen into my lap to be able to like write this proposal, get this book written, get it out into the world. Something that's like the biggest passion project ever, but it's a book that I have to write. So it's very like a massive project and the manuscript is due in October. So having a baby, writing the book, redoing the entire That'll Teach Him course. So I did it last year, but I literally spent hundreds and hundreds of hours this year doing That'll Teach Him. And I did it all from when my baby was four weeks old. So looking into 2023, I had no idea how I was going to tackle this mammoth task. And now it's July and I'm brushing my hands because I've finished the course with my with my That'll Teach Him crew. And I just can't believe that that part of the year's over now as well. All of that hard work, all of that facilitation, all of that support, now that's in the past. I've just run my masterclass, which is another thing that I've ticked off the list that I looked in thinking, how the hell am I going to do that? And then one big thing as well, on top of everything that I was thinking, how in the world am I going to balance this and manage this was my wedding. And I didn't think I'd be able to get married. I was thinking there's no way it's going to happen, especially because it's in Greece and the language barrier means it's going to be very difficult to plan. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do about my dress. I didn't know what I was going to do about anything. How the hell do I have time for this? But I think that and my friend Ashlyn, who is just the most incredible human being, gave me the best advice a few weeks back and it was the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time and this like whole entire year has been a living 
representation of that particular saying. It is just one bite at a time. I've gotten through it and I'm getting married today. And that means that in some way, shape or form, I've managed to pull off preparing for a wedding. The dress that I got was a hundred pounds off ASOS. And I literally ordered about five dresses on ASOS. And while Ava was at nursery, just before I was running a course, I tried on the dresses and I thought, yep, that'll do. And I really love the dress. I'll post a photo up, I'm sure, on Instagram or I'll send an email out. Um, but yeah, I just really quickly chose a dress. I quickly got it altered. I just did everything like kind of bare bones in the best way that I could. But the important things that needed to be done have been done. Like it doesn't matter that some of the fine details have fallen to the wayside. It doesn't matter that sometimes I think there's been two weeks that I haven't gotten a podcast out this entire year because it's been too hard to manage because there's been other things that have got been going on, especially but like when I went through my um, period of like really bad sickness with Ava studying nursery and bringing home every single germ known to humankind in the history of the world. But this episode of the podcast is obviously about teaching and I promise it relates. And the way that it relates is that one of the big questions I get asked very often from teachers, especially newer teachers, is about things like prioritizing and time management and how as a teacher and a leader, I do it all when there's just so much to freaking do. So I thought that now when I'm sitting here in the middle of the what I was thinking was the busiest and most overwhelming and impossible year of my entire life, I thought it'd be really good on reflecting on these things. And I'm going back to work. So today is the day of the wedding. I go back to work next week. So I come home from the wedding, I have a weekend and then I go back to work on the Monday. So I really wanted to reflect on this and maybe even just give myself a little bit of a reminder of how important this is. Um, So let me start by saying that as an experienced teacher and now a senior leader, At work, I don't do it all. I set boundaries for myself. I do the work that is crucially important and I accept that not everything can be done or will be done to the highest quality possible. And that doesn't doesn't matter. Like what really matters is that the things that are supposed to be done right will be done right. And, you know, and I just let other things go. And I'm going to be talking about a bit of a metaphor to contextualize this. Um, And I really wanted to take an opportunity to put this out there. It has taken me years and years and years to learn how to do this. It has taken me so long to learn how to be a teacher and leader in a way that works for me and protects my peace. And it's taken a lot of boundary setting. It's taken a lot of letting go of things that don't matter. It's learning how to prioritize and letting go of this idea of perfect. I mean, I might not have been able to find my perfect wedding dress. I might not have gone to a wedding shop, like a bridal shop and looked at, and it makes me a little bit sad to be honest that I didn't do that. Like I have to admit, I look back sometimes and go, oh, like I wish that I'd spent time investing in that, investing in myself and going there and spending three hours looking at different dresses and having a champagne and doing that kind of thing that women do when they go and get a bridal dress. But, um, you know, it's about in that moment, I couldn't have the capacity to do that. And I'm happy with what I've got, but I had to let go of the idea of every little thing being perfect. I had to let it go. And I had to kind of like in my professional life, had to learn how to kind of not continue to perpetuate these people-pleasing tendencies. And I had to relearn how to be empowered enough to demand what I deserve in that space of being a teacher and a leader. 
as a first year teacher, I just want to make sure you know that I've been there in terms of like not really understanding how to prioritize. I'd lock myself in my room every weekend. I once spent an entire weekend writing a creative writing enrichment program for senior students. I was doing all the things. And to be honest, looking back, I really enjoyed doing that. And I wouldn't take that back at the moment. Like I think that that was a wonderful thing for my career. I really enjoyed writing that program. But I'm just saying that, you know, I, I used to spend so much time outside of school doing all of the things, you know, I would make sure that when I was writing up a lesson, it'd be detailed, it'd be really like well-timed, well-planned, it'd be well-resourced with like really engaging graphics and all of the things, you know, that we do as teachers to make sure it's all good. I'd be doing like immersion centers and all of those things in my lessons to try to get engagement up for my students. Uh, And I've spoken about this in another episode in detail, but I burnt out in my sixth year of teaching and I honestly never thought I would go back. I was done. I couldn't mentally do it anymore. I didn't have the capacity to do it. And I was in a very toxic school environment as well that perpetuated that and really added to that stress and that anxiety and just everything. I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. So I left and I did casual teaching for a year and I moved to London and all of that stuff. But I did go back. And when I did go, obviously I went back. I am so passionate about teaching. I want to be in this space. I found my purpose in supporting students and supporting teachers to support students. But I knew that when I stepped back into teaching, I would need to make some changes to be able to sustain doing this profession long-term. So the moral of the story, before we move on, don't look to me as somebody who has it all together, who does it all, is everything, does everything. I have just learned how to manage things a hell of a lot better. And it served me well, not only in my professional life, but in my personal life through all of this stuff that's happened this year as well. And I know what you're thinking and it's completely valid. Before we move on, this never works. We can prioritize all we want, but deadlines are still there and we still need to work on the weekends. We need to do all of the things. And yes, I completely agree. Deadlines still exist, but I want to talk about two things to reframe things. First is this analogy of dropping the ball. Every single one of us has times where we drop the ball. And the most important thing to remember with dropping the ball is that we have to keep in mind that there are two kinds of balls that we have. <laughs> no, I'm trying to sound crass, but we have these plastic balls and we have glass balls. We have to protect our glass balls as much as we can, but we need to get comfortable with choosing what balls are plastic and are able to be dropped. We have to choose what gets done and not feeling incomplete or less when dropping those plastic balls. And maybe the plastic balls are plastic because they're intended to be dropped every now and again, and we're still okay. So we can focus on these precious glass ones that we do have. But then how do we, I hope that made sense. That just sounded like me saying balls a whole lot of times. But then how do we do this and be autonomous in this, feeling like we won't potentially be putting ourselves in the firing line or, you know, putting our job in jeopardy or our position in jeopardy? Um, And, you know, like being in an environment that doesn't value boundaries is really challenging. And sometimes they don't understand that you've got too much going on. Like how do we deal with the pressure of our superiors expecting perfection from us when we know it's not possible to do without burnout? I now say things like just some really actionable things you can take away. The kind of things that I now say are things like that's an unrealistic timeline. I might say that's not possible for me to accomplish at the standard that I would like to do for my own integrity. 
required in the the expected time frame. I, I just possibly I can't possibly do that with everything else going on. Um, I might say something like, "To be able to do my best work on this that you want me to do, I need an additional time to work on it and be freed up in some other way." In other words, if you want me to prioritize this, if you want me to make this a glass ball that is something that I do really well and don't drop, you need to make it a priority as well. You need to make sure that I have the capacity and the space to be able to do this. And look, I know that this is not always possible for every single person in every single context. And there are just things like to say report writing, all those things that just need to be get like just need to get done sometimes. And we can't get around that. And sometimes we do need to put a little bit of extra time into that. But I feel like even just holding our boundaries once a year and having one moment where we say to our leaders or to those around us expecting things of us, something like, I want to be able to do my best work on what you've just requested, but I don't have the time to do it. So we need to be freed up in some other way. I feel like that just puts the responsibility back onto leaders to be thinking about what they're making their staff do, whether or not the deadlines they're setting are realistic, whether they're fair, whether they're necessary, and then hopefully to work around those and consider what's actually a priority. Like what are the glass balls that I want my staff to be able to take really good care of and to be able to really focus their energy on? Um, I do it myself and to empower my staff to ensure they're comfortable and able to openly communicate their workload and capacity with me at any given time. I make sure that they know that they can come to me and speak to me about that and I model that for them. Something that really grinds my gears as well is when leaders hear about something new and, you know, happening in the education space and then immediately request their staff to work on it without sitting back and thinking about where that's actually going to fit in with things, you know, whether their their staff have the capacity to do it or other priorities whole school. So what I used to do is spend hours and hours making really polished things, making it my best work when somebody would request something new from me. And now a good strategy that I use is I just draft something up, bring it to the table a few days later and ask if that's the direction they were envisioning it going in. Because in my experience, when this happens, when leaders, you know, really reactively ask for things, they don't actually ask again for it. They might just let it, you know, float away. They don't realize the effort that people spend on things that they're requesting or asking for. So I really do just draft something up, bring it to the table, say, is this what you were thinking about? And that's another strategy to kind of make sure that I'm putting my energy in places that really matter. Um, because the work that I do on the glass balls, I make sure I do really well and I make sure it's polished. I make sure for my own integrity, my own work, I make sure it's really good. And I don't want to put that level of energy and attention into something that doesn't deserve that time. That could be a plastic ball that somebody else views as a plastic ball. And I don't realize, and I've like accidentally made it into a glass ball because I feel like they've requested it. And one other strategy that I use that I thought might be helpful for anybody out there that really struggles with boundary setting or feeling like it's really challenging to let things go or feeling really heavy about things, I say to myself daily, I say it all the time and I have said it probably a million times this year in particular, I just say, is this thing that I'm worrying about right now or is this thing that I'm working on right now actually going to matter in a year's time? If the answer to that is yes, then that is my glass ball and I'm working on that 
a lot, you know, I'm really focusing on that, whether it's because it's going to matter in terms of how I'm viewed professionally, whether it's a piece of work that's still going to be there in a year's time, whether it's going to be setting things up. And if the answer is no, then that's going to shift my priorities a little bit. And that's going to make me see things a little bit differently. And at the very least, it's going to make me calm down and not be so freaking anxious about it. So I really hope that that one sentence gives you a little bit of support as well to be able to help to prioritize what matters. So will this matter in a year's time? Yes or no. And it just is like a breath out sometimes. It makes you feel so much better about whatever's going on. Speaking of breath out. So that was a bit of a quick brain dump today. And I hope that answers the question about how I manage all of these competing priorities as a teacher, as a leader and all the rest of it. Um, I wear so many hats at my school because it's such a small school and this is, you know, obviously not including the unteachables and my podcast and my book and everything, because that's a totally separate thing. Like I've got a full-time job in between that. That's, you know, this I'm talking about my day to day and it can be incredibly hard when you've got so many hats to manage all of those competing priorities. So I really hope that you know, does something to support you in the coming year if you're in the thick of the term. Um, So just recapping, just because I probably want to say the balls analogy more than once, you've got glass balls, you've got plastic balls. Those are your things that you need to be focusing on. The plastic balls, sometimes it is a bit of an art learning how to drop them because they were designed to be dropped. They're not that important. Then you've got your precious glass balls, the things that really matter, the things that you need to be focusing on, the things you need to be prioritizing and just working out which ones are plastic, which ones are glass. And that is the art of dropping the ball. And I hope that you go into the week and are able to use that analogy at least once with somebody and, um, yeah, that's it. And I'm going to go and walk down the aisle now. And I hope you have a lovely week ahead. I'll see you next time. 